This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today. Hi, Tysay. How are you? Good. Yourself? Pretty good. Something special happened since our last episode. Uh, what are you referring to? I'm referring to the fact that it snowed and now there's some snow on the ground. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty brutal out there, right? It's getting chilly. Yeah, well, no, I kind of like the first one, the first snow, because it uh, it reminds me of the World Juniors, which is a very special time of year. That's what your mind thinks of? You think winter and you think junior hockey? First thing, yeah, Christmas break, World Juniors, can't wait. That's beautiful. Uh, uh-huh. For me, also I last... hate this. Yeah? Yeah? You do? Uh, I was just saying I absolutely hate the snow. So, uh, you know, every single oh, time yeah. at the beginning of the year, it's, it's absolutely brutal. I hate it. It just makes puddles, and then it makes snow. <laughs> I like the snow until like mid-January. Then I'm like, all right, I don't need another three months of this. It can go yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's, it's all of like two hours. I'm like, oh, look, it's snow. It's white. And then, uh, yeah, it's over. That's it. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm already tired. And I've got like you know, four or five months to go. I love when you're not used to the snow, like around now, and you step outside and you can like smell it, you know? Yeah. We all love the smell of snow, you know? Yeah. Mm. I love the smell of snow. Are you being the sarcastic? Yeah, I'll be sarcastic. Snow doesn't smell like anything. Wow. Snow kind of smells a little bit like something. Like urine if it's I yellow. Think of, <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with me. There's something you can smell about snow. I don't know. I, I, don't I totally know. disagree. Maybe, I, I just, maybe, maybe it's because I don't like it. Maybe you just have so. a terrible sense of smell. Yeah, maybe that, that doesn't Maybe, maybe you don't like the smell of snow. Maybe yeah, maybe you that's don't it. Like the smell of snow. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, that's probably it. Another thing Probably. that happened on uh, last week's episode is I said Montreal would go 3-0 and this week. I was yeah. almost right. You were almost right. Five I out of six points. Five out of six points. Uh, great game against the Bruins on, on Tuesday. Special thing, we actually we missed by just a couple hours last week because a week ago they called up Ryan Paling right. after our show. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Which uh, I was pretty excited about. Yeah, uh, don't think he's gotten any points in these first three games, but that's okay. No, it's all good. Uh, I just I'm glad he's up. I'm glad he's up. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how much longer he's gonna stay up though, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think he's just uh, you know the guy they call up after Kakaniemi got injured. I don't think uh, I think as soon as Kakaniemi gets healthy, I think he's going back down to the minors. Yeah, I saw it floated around a bit that maybe they'd try to to keep him up, maybe like scratch Cousins a bit to keep Paling in the lineup. Or maybe even like send Kanyemi down for a conditioning stint. It's a couple uh, ideas. I don't. It's I don't a really like idea, any yeah. of them. Too yeah, me honest. neither. I, I think it's just easier to uh, send them down. I mean, uh, the Kanyemi thing. I mean, I prefer to have him play right away uh, if he's healthy. I don't think he needs a mm-hmm. uh, conditioning stint. And also, Nick Cousins has been playing well, also. So I don't see a reason to bench him just to keep paling. Who hasn't been spectacular or anything, uh, but it's good exactly. to see him out. So yeah, I think sending him down is. It's probably the best idea when Kakaniyama gets back. It's probably the most realistic idea, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what will happen. Do you want to start with the Boston game from Tuesday? Sure. Let's go. All right. So, well, they won 5 Let's go. Let's go. And, I- and Boston's one of the- Yeah. Boston had been probably the best team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So it was, was a very satisfying triple. He tripled his goal. Though. Victor Mate tripled his career goal. Total. Let's go, let's go. Right where it, what a clutch player. What a clutch goal scorer. Too good. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I lost power. I lost power oh, really? in my house on that, that no. evening. So I missed I missed the first That's one. That's a shame. Yeah, I got it back like just a, 
a couple minutes into the game and it was yeah yeah they, they really see it, it's again with a hot start i love it uh i love how like the past couple the past couple years these montreal's rivalries with mostly boston and toronto they've been kind of like you know they haven't been as as good as they have been in the past and i feel like they're kind of they're kind of starting to heat up again yeah it's always been that they, they've been pretty lopsided i mean montreal boston has been better than montreal toronto uh which has been uh basically the Leafs being absolutely terrible for most of the time and when the hats are terrible it's just two bad teams playing against each other right so uh it's good to see them uh it's good to see all three of the teams uh they're all they're all moving up uh they're they're trending upwards and uh yeah it's exciting to see these games all of them have turned out so far uh, the Montreal-Toronto games, even the Toronto-Boston games, Montreal-Boston, obviously. Uh, they've all become like really exciting games, high scoring, lots of offense. And I'm a big fan. I feel like in terms of the Leafs rivalry, which I guess we can kind of talk about for a minute now, I think Max Domi is what's really made a big difference there in terms of providing an extra spark. You know, how, how like, well, obviously his dad played for the Leafs and he kind of goes out of his way to, to talk about how much better... The Montreal experiences than the Toronto experience, which I, I don't know how much he truly believes that, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, well, yeah, like over the summer, okay. he said something like, oh, Montreal fans, you know, next level. And and you can tell he kind of, it means more to him when he plays against the Leafs. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's to be expected. I mean, he's a Toronto boy, right? Uh, with, uh, yeah, growing mm-hmm. up in the Domi family. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I think he contributes something. I, I, I just, I don't think he... I disagree with you on that point. I don't think it's him that provides the spark. I don't think he may, he moves the needle that much, to be honest. I, I think if he wasn't on the team, uh, I think it'd be just as good because just the fact that these two teams are good, they're in the same division, they play each other so much and uh, so many times over the course of a year that uh, like if they're both good and the games are exciting, the, the rivalry is bound to spark, no matter who's on the teams. Yeah, well, I think I think Max Domi definitely helps the, helps yeah, the cause a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. So... In terms of the Boston game, though, we could talk a little about about that uh, Charlie Coyle called back goal. Yeah, this is uh, I, I, I honestly the Habs got really lucky on that call. Uh, I like oh, I, yes, I tend to uh, like like basically everybody else that he's like Coyle had uh, control of the puck as he entered the the zone. I mean, uh, yeah. So basically, for, for anyone who doesn't remember, he kind of he like received a pass from a teammate off of his skate. And obviously, on purpose, he redirected it from his skate to his stick. And for a second, he was over the blue line. Like, not yeah. even a second. And the obviously. puck was behind him. He was over the blue line while the puck wasn't. Yeah, but the argument is that it shouldn't have been offside because he had possession. Yeah. And, yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. Though I'm not complaining about no, the outcome not. of the game. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, yep. Uh, but... So recently, you know, obviously, ever since the the offside review began, there's been a lot of discussion over what it's used for, what it's good for. Most people think it's obviously not perfect. My personal favorite solution to this predicament is to get rid of offsides <laughs> altogether. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't like that. Uh, uh, you know, it's just it encourages cherry picking. Most people, but here's the okay. Most people are scared away by that. They yeah. think of that first, but okay. that ignores a couple things. First of all, nothing's stopping you from hanging out around the blue line yeah, as but it is it's anyway. Different. Okay. And second, and second, both teams have five players on the ice. So if you don't want to leave an opponent open by your own goalie, 
Just go cover them. Okay. Well, a couple of things. Uh, so your first point was it that uh, okay, you they can hang out at the blue line. Well, there's a big difference between parking yourself in the slot for ninety percent of the game and parking yourself at the blue line. There's just that much more di- difference in distance that's covered, right? So you can't can't possibly make that argument. I mean, I think it's it's totally different whether you're 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 basically right in front of the goalie or you still have a ways to go, right? You still have a third of the ice to travel uh, in order to get to the net. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Second of all, uh, well, well, how boring is that? Having two guys just battle it out in front of a random net, like the other side of the the, the, the ice, <laughs> while the puck is uh, is in the other ozone. You have to leave a defenseman out there, uh, just just hanging around doing nothing, just standing so, around the net. I don't think that's much fun uh, for anybody, for the player, or to watch that. So, so, so you're afraid that that while one team has possession yes. in the offensive zone, a player on the other team is going to just abandon position and go stay, uh, skate around in front well, of the other I team's goal. I think if all five players of the offensive team go and leave the zone, I think, why not? It's, I understand that it's five on four for a second, and it leaves you at a disadvantage, but you get the puck, which often happens on a penalty kill, you send it to the other side of the ice, you've got a breakaway. I, I I think this. I, is I think at least it'll worth be an absolute out. disaster. A In disaster sort of if you tried it. I might have, I might have told you this before, but you know they didn't right. offside didn't always exist, and it only existed like in. In the the twenties, after they got rid of the rule, oh, there we where go. you can't pass forward, and scoring shot up so much, and scoring shot up so much, which at the time was like you know, like twelve goals a game or whatever. I have no idea, honestly. Uh-huh. I just pulled that number out of nowhere, and and so this and so they made offside to kind of taper it down a bit. So I think well, maybe if you want to take off offsides, why not just take away the forward pass as well, right? No, they, they they came hand in hand together. Uh, because, what do you mean? No, because the forward pass increases excitement. Because obviously it does. Because okay, the but the pass. offside limits stupidity, which happens if you have if you allow just players to just stand in front of the opponent's net uh, for the whole game, waiting for the puck for that one opportunity. Because hockey, you know, it's a game of uh, it's it's a relatively low scoring game uh, where like a goal makes a big difference, right? So. If for that small chance to just like you know get a goal, who wouldn't just park themselves in front of the net, and uh, and like if they draw a defender, then then you've got just got two players doing absolutely nothing for uh, for the game. Well, then think about that. If you do have two players just hanging out at the other end of the ice, now you have four on four, which is I think we can all agree more exciting than five on five. Okay, well if you wanted four on four, make hockey so, a four on four game. Don't have two guys just standing on the other side of the ice doing nothing. Nothing. It's just boring. Personally, I think we should yeah, have sure. three I mean, on three cool, the whole cool. time. You might as well. <laughs> but uh, one on one, goalie on goalie. I, <laughs> I proposed this idea before of like. Like uh-huh. a, a flash hockey league, where like g- games are three yeah. on three and twenty minutes long. I like that idea. I think it'd be exciting as heck. Uh huh. Yeah, well, it's like a it separate league. You know, you like it's, it's, it's like something you turn on when uh, there's no NHL when the Habs are playing. You know. Yeah, or maybe you you can do it for like tons of sports. You can you can do it like uh, you right. can do it for basketball, just shorter games with fewer players. 
football shorter games with fewer play- for baseball you could like i don't know right uh, four innings and and like mm-hmm. and six fielders no catcher and no catcher i <laughs> uh, like that uh yeah Yeah, so uh, I guess we can go okay, back to, okay. to reality now. Uh, Brett, Brett yeah, Kulak finally and, played um, last night. And, obvi- and obviously they won. Brett Kulak was, uh-huh. was Brett That's Kulak. That's so bad. That's terrible. At least Brett. Yeah, okay. That was the best yeah, joke he, ever made. Yeah, he did not Brett Kulak in talent. Um, I think I, they said on the broadcast yeah, he was scrapped. Yeah, yeah, was it I think six it was. games That's in a row? Uh, that's absolutely preposterous. It that's makes nuts. no sense whatsoever. Uh, some of these lineup decisions, I mean, finally he seems to have uh, woken up a bit with a line shake that we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, yeah, what the heck? I mean, Red Kulak is uh, he's like one of their top four defensemen, basically. He's like their second best, uh, yeah, defenseman on that side. Uh, so what's 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 yeah, what, what's uh-huh. happening there? I have no idea. Well, he's back in the lineup now, and mm-hmm. I hope he stays yeah. in the front. Mike Riley was scratched. And, you know, Christian Foles on the roster, yeah, the roster. But he's not playing, so he's on the top six. I just, yeah. You just kind of... Yeah, I know. It, it's really not yeah, that exactly. bothersome to me at this point if he's not playing. So, they shook yeah, up the lines did, ahead yeah. of the game last night. I should have pretty big thing. Claude Julien did. They do. And I, I really like that because it was, it was mm-hmm. a pretty terrible show against the Flyers. Yeah, no, they were the fact dominated. That they got a point. And you, and you like uh, you know, injecting the new energy before it before it really falls off the, yeah, falls no, off the sure. side of the bridge. Uh, you talk about you know sometimes lines getting stale. I think uh, it started to get at that point, and uh, it's just the inconsistent the inconsistencies of the Habs this year. You know they play really well against Boston. And then they play against a team like Philadelphia, which isn't nearly the caliber of Boston, and they look absolutely flat. You know. So I think I think uh, this is Claude Julien's, you know, his way of like mm-hmm. maybe tries out something new because the talent is there, right? It's just the night in, night out. It's it, it's really inconsistent this year. Uh, oh, well, it has, for the most it's part, just, it's been positive. Yeah. We 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 can go over the new lines now. So so what it had been Tatar, Daniel Gallagher for like mm-hmm. the past over twelve months. And I think, or at least for most of last year, was Tatar Daniel Gallagher and for all of this year. And after Tatar took a couple bad penalties against the Flyers, Jonathan Drouin right. yep. took his spot on that top line. Uh, Max Domi and Joel Armia stayed together, but now instead Paul of Drouin Byron. on their left yep. wing, it, it was Paul Byron. Third line, Nick Suzuki was playing at center, which I think he looks okay, fantastic sure, sure. at center. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. And he was playing with Thomas Tatar uh-huh. and Arturi Lekkonen. And on the fourth line, Ryan, Ryan Perlin was on the wing with Nate Thompson okay. at center and Nick Cousins yeah. on the other wing. So what kind of the first thing that stuck out to me in this lineup was, okay, good, Nick Suzuki's getting a chance at the center, but it's at the expense of Ryan Perlin yeah. being moved off to the wing. Which in my in my mind, my first thought was, oh, I don't like Ryan Perling on the wing. But the more I, thought I mean, it's all right. It, I mean, it's like, temporary, that's right? That's that's where I that's how I view it because, until Kotkaniemi comes back, and then I th- right, he'll be sent out to minors. He can play a center position again. So I don't, I don't, I don't hate it right now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I really I kind of like I wouldn't mind if like 
for all Suzuki and Paling and maybe even Kotkaniemi and Domi, if you give all of them every couple games a rotation at, at on wing and at mm-hmm. center and you like keep it moving around, especially for Suzuki and Paling, because down the line, who knows how much time they're going to be playing at center and how much time they're going to be playing at the wing. So I, you, you kind of want to have everyone being able to adapt to their... Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you gotta, there's nothing wrong with versatility, right? And, uh, uh, and, and, it's, and it keeps them fresh, right? Because uh, playing the wing, it's less defensively uh, taxing than playing the center because you play center, you expect the back check. So in a way, it's also kind of... If you, yeah. if you rotate them like you proposed, it's, uh, it's a nice rotation of sorts and uh, you know, keep them fresh a bit. Uh-huh. What what they perhaps yeah. should have done with Alex Galchenyuk mm-hmm. back in the day. Just yeah. saying. That, that one hurts every now and then. But Nick Suzuki, from what I've seen so far this season, when he's playing center, he looks way more confident. Yeah. And more in control. And he he gets more scoring chances. So even like maybe leave him there and have Kakanyemi play a little bit on the yeah, wing sure. when he comes back. Why not? I mean... Uh, maybe try those yeah. two together. Because... Yeah, I just, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game against Boston, they. Sure. I also, sure. if we can move on to the defensive pairings for a second. Mm-hmm. Victor Mete and Jeff Petrie together was. Yeah, they were, they were in very control good. most of the time mm-hmm. they were on the ice. And I yeah. loved that pairing. Mm-hmm. They split them up against the Flyers, and it was a bad game. And then they put them back together yeah. against the yeah. Kings, and it was a good, good game. So. You know, I know it's a small sample size, but so if if they do stay together, I know Weber had a great game against the Kings, but but that's Mate probably Weber? the best pairing on the team. Or Mate Petri, Mate Petri, yeah, yeah. No, Mate Petri. Uh, we want to talk about yeah. Shea Weber a bit. Uh, he's uh, looking uh, worse and worse there, uh, for, in my opinion. Uh, the more I look at him, yeah, worse. Like uh, not offensively, but in the defensive lo- defensive zone, yeah, he looks flat-footed at times. Are you talking about like just this uh, year? This year in relation to past season. Not worse and worse over the course of the season. But just, uh, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's a bit concerning. Okay. Because for me, it was mostly at the start of the year, for me, was was more concerning. And now it's yeah. like he's kind of getting back in gear. Right. Even like not just with the goals, but but that, he, he seems more effective overall. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, this it's past just, week. I don't know. know what it is. Like, I feel like I can't. A hundred percent trust him. You know what I mean? Like whether, like it in his play. You know, it's just I don't know what it is. Uh, but I watch him out there, and especially in the D zone. I mean, I bring up one play that was particularly jarring. It was at you know I brought this up with you uh, when it happened, but it was uh, the very last play of the Boston Montreal game, and was it David Pasternak? He I know it's David Pasternak, but he absolutely. Turn styled uh, Shea Weber like in the in the dying moments of the game, uh, and Price made the save. No, but but the thing was, he, like the two of those players, right? Sherratt was next to Weber, and he had to cover the guy on the left, right? And the two forwards were were already behind Pasternak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just chasing him, so it looked like it was one on four. So like he couldn't stop. But the one player who was tasked with stopping the guy who was in front of Pasternak was Shea Weber. All right, it was his sole responsibility. And this guy, he he just absolutely got turnstiles. You look at him, and he looks absolutely flat-footed. Uh, so you know, 
Pasternak fakes to the inside between the two defensemen. He goes to the outside, and basically Weber has to hook Pasternak uh, to slow him down a bit, and he gets away with it. I mean, they didn't get anything called on them at the end of the game, but uh, yeah, it was a it was it was a particularly jarring play because Pasternak almost tied the game mm-hmm. in there. I have I have a really hard time criticizing Shea Weber too much for uh-huh. getting destroyed by one of the best wingers in the world. Just like if if it was if it was someone else, if it was like I don't know Anders Bjork, then you'd probably have a case. But but like I feel like out yeah. of all the things to be worried about, that isn't really one of them. You know, and but and also it's tons of fun to gush over the right. three goals in the past two games he's had. Especially oh the, that the was first one up. against the Kings last night, where because you know everyone, whenever whenever a player like bats a puck out of midair, you get mm-hmm. you get it on highlight reels for a long mm-hmm. time, right? Wow, you know hand eye coordination. But if you if you watch the Shea Weber's first goal, the puck was flying in the air, and he timed the one time yeah. exactly. Yeah, he absolutely the sniped the it. Landed it was on crazy. The ice. Uh-huh. One of my biggest complaints about Weber for through the start of the year and through most of last year mm-hmm. was how he right. missed the net so often. Yeah, and if he's just not doing that anymore, you you look so dangerous offensively. Even besides his two goals on the power right, play yeah, last yeah. night, he had tons mm-hmm. of other scoring chances too to, to finish the hat trick. So I kind of hope he can you know keep this energy yeah. rolling for. Yeah, for a bit uh, longer, I think I guess he was something that I worked on the offseason because it really has been. Uh, a turnaround. I mean, he's not missing the net nearly as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the past in the past two games, actually the past three games, I I guess I think the forwards for Montreal have scored three mm-hmm. of their uh, ten goals, and the defensemen have scored the other seven. That's off the top of my head. Weber had three. Sherratt yeah. has had. Two okay. and Mateus had two, so so I guess that's seven. Is that a concern I, for you, or that that Nate Thompson's the only one who scored in the past two games among four? Uh, no, I, I personally game. don't think so. Uh, first of all, I think it's yeah, great it? that the defensemen are contributing. It's always nice when you got uh, offensive contribution. But in relation to the forwards, um, well, it's not like when the D men score, the forwards are on the ice too, right? They're still creating those opportunities. So, in my opinion, it doesn't matter to me who finishes as long as those goals are going in. Uh, if it's if it's like, for example, like say the second line isn't scoring at all, then it's concerning because you know, like those people are on the ice at the same time. But with defensemen, you see like a constant rotation with the forwards, right? They're not always playing. Obviously, there are some trends like okay, the first pairing will play with the first line quite a bit, but uh, but still, uh, you you still see like you know every player uh, every pair defensive pair plays with a bunch of different forward groups uh, forward lines over the course of the game so uh i mean it would be concerning if they're if the team isn't scoring enough yeah. but they're scoring the goals uh if it comes from the defenseman honestly to me uh it doesn't it doesn't really move the needle i'm not concerned about the forwards i'm just happy that the defensemen are tripping in yeah what about you mm-hmm. really uh yeah it kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit actually i don't know something like yeah, because because mm-hmm. I think it was the opposite for most of the start of the year, like and most of last year too. Like the defensemen okay. were like among the lowest total for goal scoring in the entire NHL, 
And now this, like this past week, or like not just oh, yeah? this past week, like Max Domi hasn't scored in a while, you know, and that's a player that, that you really, yeah, I don't know exactly what the number is, but I feel like it's wow. been maybe about 10 games he hasn't scored a goal. And, you know, Armia was hot to start the year, and now he's been kind of cold. And Thomas Tatar is going through a bit of a, a slump. So, like, you know, you yeah, wanna, but you'd rather, like, okay, if you want to be you know? concerned about the forwards, it's one thing, right? But I wouldn't be like, oh, it's a bad thing that it's the defenseman instead of the forwards, right? You can criticize these forwards in particular, but I wouldn't bring it back to the defenseman. Right? So, like, I, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, no, but it's 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 well, to me it's not, not a problem thing that the defensemen are scoring goal. more goals than the forwards. It would be the forwards aren't scoring enough goals, like period, right? It not I wouldn't compare it to the defensemen. Uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah. you're talking about these forwards that are on slumps. I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's it's about to bounce back, right? Um, like, you hope so. For well, for Max Domi, maybe not because like. Before what? Before last year, yeah. his career high in goals was was I don't know. It was really low, and maybe you still okay. You still, but it's not like, worry that it's last not like he looks bad out there, right? He still looks decent. Like he looks, he's, he's making plays and stuff. It's just not going in for him. Yeah, well, I don't, he's honestly not looking as good as he did last year for me. I'm not mm-hmm. noticing him as much. Yeah, so Max Domi's got four goals so far this year. Okay. Four goals, eight assists for twelve points in seventeen games. Uh, I don't know what what that pace is over a full season. Last year he had twenty eight right. goals, and his career high before that was eighteen in his rookie year. I, yeah. So yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna f- figure out what pace this is over over eighty two games. He's only got four goals so far, and okay. if he keeps this pace, then it's not bad. that is nineteen goals. Which I mean, like when you when you, when you acquired him, I know, okay. but like you you expect more after last season and how important he was last season, and he's also he's in well, a contract year now, so yeah. So, well, what is he an RP? He's an RP. Yeah, right? you wonder what that's gonna look like, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh... Well, I don't. I mean, I mean, contract-wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's better that he's not doing so well. Obviously, you're not cheering against him because he's in a contract here. But uh, I mean, you got to think a bit. Hey, a hmm. bit of a discount coming along. Uh, but you know, it, it just. Uh, I, I, it's, hmm. it's just it doesn't. I'm not totally too concerned about it until it, uh, until it really, it really, you know, makes an impact on the team. Right now, they're like they're kind of chugging along. Uh, it's not like they've gone on a huge bump without his goal scoring. So it only really concerns me when they yeah. start losing, you know, like, and, and well, or not just losing, but like their play becomes markedly poor. But right now I'm looking at the hat, how they're playing. It's not, they're not playing terribly except for that Philadelphia game. But like that yeah. seemed to have been an anomaly. Uh, but yeah, do you want to talk about that Philly game? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. yeah. That bad? Uh, Honestly, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's really okay. You can talk about like, so the big story in that game was that mm-hmm. Montreal didn't have any yeah. power plays and they gave up like seven power plays and a penalty shot. And 
At least a couple yeah, of the calls okay. were kind All of right. questionable. I, I think this is my time you to rant about the referees. About it. Because the referees, in the, the referees in the NHL, I think they're, they're so okay. bad. Okay? They're, I, honestly, out of the four leagues, I know the NFL gets some flack for its rules, which have been weird. But that's kind of on the rules, too. It's like the NFL's catch rule. Okay, that's all pretty sketch. Uh, the, the MLB's umpires, I mean, it's the strike zone. Other than that, I mean, they're not so bad. They have the re- they go on the review pretty frequently. And plus the calls, you know, they get them right most of the time. You look at the strike zone, they get them right like 90, 92% of the time uh, for these umps. So it's okay. The NBA, yeah, the refing is sketch there. But, you know, it's, it's, it's different as in like my problem with the NHL is that the NHL refs is their attitude toward the game. They seem to think they're managers. Uh, or they're trying to, like, I don't know, improve the game floor or whatnot, whatever it is, okay? No, you're not there to do that. You, you want a game flow manager? Go ask the head coach. Go ask the coaches. Not your problem. Call the rules for crying out loud, okay? I swear to God, uh, one thing th- that we didn't see, like, like, good for them in the Philly game is the equalization penalty, but we see that so often, okay? Oh, oh and, and I'm a ref myself, right, for soccer. And yeah, you're tempted to, oh, I think I made a bad call there. Maybe I should give it to the other team. But no, you have to tell yourself, no, you're there to call the game, not like please both teams. Okay, so just that attitude is bonkers. Uh, and then you look at the call they made against Philly, uh, that, that one penalty, delay of game. Okay, it was, it's like they don't want to admit they're wrong. All right. Uh, it's like, yeah, we're, we're always right. Even when it's pretty evident that it was wrong. I mean, the Habs, what, they, they cleared it from their own zone. It clearly went off somebody in the middle of the ice, either the Hab or the Flyer. It doesn't really matter because it was across center ice. And they called it icing. Okay, fine. It's icing. It's a crap call. But, like, okay, I can get over that, I guess. And then they call a penalty because the Habs are like, what just happened? Because it happened right in front of their bench. Uh, and also, I don't know what the – there was another call. It was Drew who got a high stick to the face, and uh, the ref was right there. You look at the screen grab. He's looking at – I mean, it was it was near the area of the puck, and the ref was looking right at him and gets a shot right to the head. Uh, what is the call? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, these calls are all ticky-tacky. I understand that it's a very fast-paced game, but – these refs are supposedly the best in the world. So I think uh, you, need a, you need an attitude check with these, these boys because, uh, honestly, right now, it's not working with me. Uh, you look at uh, even just, just refereeing, even the review is questionable. All right? Look at the review process. Uh, for once, I say look at the NFL model with their pass interference. It has to be clear and obvious that it's overturned. They set a very high uh, standard for overturning it, right? Most, like 90% of the challenges don't work, all right? And that's what I like. You look at the offside with Charlie Coyle that we talked about earlier. What the heck was that, all right? I, I, I know it was, uh, I know the Habs benefited from it, but you look at that and you're like, what a garbage league. That, 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 that should have been a goal. All right, that's it. That's for my rant. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. That's it? Okay, all right, all right. There's nothing I can add to that to make it any better. Wonderful. I, I'm glad I could that was supply the, it. the greatest the greatest referee <laughs> okay. I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh so what the sure, I wanna sure. talk a little bit about uh, a little a little bit of a lighter topic, maybe. Yeah. Against the Kings against the Kings last night, Montreal was winning three to one. And the <laughs> How much time was left in the game? About Cheers could be heard at the Bell Center. Of course. Oh, okay. plenty of time was left in the game. 
I don't remember like maybe <laughs> six minutes and ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. And people were getting upset about that. And then the Kings scored immediately. And this isn't the first time yeah. this season that it's happened uh-huh. that the Olays are started with what would generally be viewed as way too much time left in the game. And a lot of people are extremely bothered by this. Okay. Personally, uh, I'm I don't know. not at I, all maybe bothered I believe by in this. I want you to go I'm first before sure. I do. But uh, starting the Olay too early... Uh, kind of suspect if you ask me. Uh, I mean, you saw the Kings scored right after. It wasn't, I mean, if it's 5 nothing, yeah, sure, Ole in the second period. I don't give a crap. But 3-1 game, two goals to go, and you've got over 10 minutes left, I presume, at that point in the game. Uh, have said, okay, have, or almost, because they scored with seven minutes left, the Kings with the second goal, right? Uh, Not quite that but, much, uh, anyway. Uh, have sense. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not angry against them, yeah. but uh, you know, uh, a little sports psychology here. Uh, I wouldn't uh, recommend it. I'm not sure who's starting it. Is it some uh, stupid high fans, or is it the you know the organizers on the big screen? I'm not sure, but uh, I'm not too big of a fan. I mean, I think it's pretty funny if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, that, that's my opinion about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you I'm totally okay with this. Because for me, when you're winning by two goals with seven minutes left and you start the Olays, the Olays isn't going, hey, we got this in the bag. It's easy from here from here on out. It's saying, ah. saying all right, team, let's let's just finish it out, you know? It's it's not the the attitude like God. Uh, I don't know. I had to, to agree now. with that point like because uh, I, I personally equated to be. like uh, you know the na 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 na. Hey, good night. You know all that stuff. I, I think it's about the same. You know, the no, no. I think it's about the same. They 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 usually appear around the same time unless you're no, crazy. Have that, no, different. Starting with eight minutes left. But other than that, you know, it's, it's about the same. I feel like the Olays are like are like an expression of optimism, you know? Like we believe in the team. We believe that they're going to uh, they're going to be able to hold on to this two goal victory against well, the uh, worst team. Well, if you ask me, you NHL. look at how uh, the Habs have been uh, prone to no, it's not the same as uh, blowing hey, leads a bit uh, or just like quick goals in succession giving them up. I wouldn't be so confident in this team. Not going to lie nothing against them obviously, but uh not yeah. not a great call if you ask me. Uh, just starting the Olay. All right, next time all right. the Canadians score well, uh, first, in that case, uh, it's all on you if they lose. Ole for the remainder of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think you're reading too much because into I this have uh, confidence. into this Ole chat. You know, you're dry, what is this, in English this class. Uh, you're dry too much meeting. I think it's just go stick it to the other <laughs> team. All right, go suck it. We won the game. All right, and you're starting with eight minutes left, only up two goals. <laughs> uh, screw it. Lost. Isn't that embarrassing? You're losing an overtime, like for example. They won anyway. To the they won Kings. anyway. Look, they nasty. Won. All right, and you started all right. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, it, it's uh, yeah, I wouldn't but recommend it too much. And uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, I wouldn't. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of it. Uh, but it's pretty funny. It's still pretty funny. I'm not angry about it at all. Help. How long do you think uh, it's going to be before we yeah, start hearing a Olay weeks, chants a while the game's tied? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I the have ultimate. faith. Because I believe they can yeah. win. Uh-huh. The ultimate show so of confidence. Right? 
the ultimate show of confidence. The, the ultimate what? Okay. The, the ultimate what? That's my kind of Ole. Yes. All right. Seeing Ole when they're down two goals late in the third. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we, so we spent most of this episode sure, talking sure. about the Canadians, but there are there are two other teams I want to talk about quickly. Four game losing streak. Yes. The first one and is, is it the Carolina Hurricanes? Five game losing streak. No, sorry, a four game losing streak. Mm-hmm. After it is the Carolina Hurricanes after starting yeah. so hot. After being near the top of their division, I think they had they had like six wins to start the year. Everyone was pumping them up. Oh, really? Dougie Hamilton okay. was great. Wow, and whatever. Now fall. they're not even in the playoffs. And to cap it off, they're nine seven and one. Yeah, and they lost to the the Senators. Yeah, okay. They're one point out of the second. Four one in an embarrassing they're fashion. One point out of the second. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yes, they lost to the Ottawa Senators yesterday. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I haven't been watching the Hurricanes closely, but I think that's worth worth mentioning at least. And uh, there's another team on a four-game losing streak that I predicted would fall from their from their whatever they were second in the division and are now yeah, they've lost five in a row actually. almost outside of playoff spot. The Buffalo Sabres yeah, have. are nine six and two. They have. I don't says, know. I've got five. The up NHL out here says so. four in a row. But, but yeah, either way, I mean, but I feel you like I did see row. five in a row. So. Uh, yeah, it is five in a row. They know. lost to Arizona, Washington, New York, and then the Lightning twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, exciting series. Uh, but yeah, yeah they, I, was uh, say, two I mean, I think Sweden. Yeah, the uh, you didn't buy into them. I didn't really uh-huh. buy into them. Maybe a bit, but now I don't uh, at all. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. I did believe that's in them somewhat. Well, you said you but, uh, believed in them more than you, know, you believed in the others. Maybe I'm covering my ass a bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't uh, did totally buy into them. <laughs> and they're not looking great right now. Uh, the Ralph Kruger Ex- Express uh, seemed to have slowed down a bit. Uh, okay, it looks like my Oilers take was terrible because they're still first in the Pacific. But okay. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the same. Yep, that's a pretty uh, garbage yeah. division. They've only got four lie. wins in their last uh, 10, but I they're mean, still look at the first three teams right now. Uh, Canadian, they're all Canadian. Look at them go. Look at them go. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good chance this year that after a while we we're gonna we're gonna finally get a a, mm-hmm. a Western Canadian oh, get that again. playoff matchup. Ooh. It happened in 2015 with Vancouver and Calgary. But it's oh, been uh, that'd be so good. That we would might be get that so again. Well, what good. I'm really hoping for me? is the Battle of Alberta uh, playoff series, yeah. personally. Uh huh. When it was looking like they were both on the upswing, like after McDavid made the playoffs for mm-hmm. the first time, it was looking like it was pretty likely to happen. Of course. Uh, Sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, uh, if they keep it up a bit, then we get a Vancouver in first place. We got an Oilers Alberta matchup, and I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, well, James Neal against Milan Lucic. What a great matchup. Mm-hmm. And Cat Talbot against his old team, but oh, not starting, course, but still Cat Talbot. Good and, enough. Uh, Mike Smith against his old team. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, probably sitting on the bench against his old team. Mm-hmm. And if it, if the, if we're going to keep looking at possible playoff matchups this early. Oh. Montreal right now is would be so good, especially if we beat the, the Maple Leafs. In, oh, uh, man. Like, what, uh, yeah, obviously, Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself years. right now, as I always do. But uh, 
yeah, uh, that would be I would be all for that. Uh, that would be exciting as heck. And uh, Rogers would be uh, crapping their pants with excitement if that were to occur. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, looking pretty. Uh, not gonna, that's actually looking pretty likely if you think about. It. You look at the teams uh, that are lined up. I mean, Tampa. I mean, you obviously have Tampa. You can't count them out too soon. But uh, they're not in the playoff spot right now. Uh, Florida. Bobrovsky seems to have not figured it out yet. So uh, and the Sabers are the yeah. Sabers. So who? Is gonna pass the Habs and the Maple Leafs in the division. You ask me, nobody. I think we're lying. They're not gonna pass Boston, obviously. So uh, I think uh, they're lined up for a good matchup in the first round. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm 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 over. I'm still I'm still counting on the Lightning. I'm to... over them. I'm over them. Okay, like uh, obviously, I'm, I'm over the Lightning. I'm still counting on the Lightning right? to pass uh, Montreal. So. They're 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 mentally broken, in my opinion. You're what? Uh, maybe a bit. Not gonna lie. The longer they go and the more mediocre they get, uh, in Are this really? weird playoff limbo, they're not heating up. Obviously, they've had a they're 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 not doing terrible anymore. But uh, yeah, it's it's a bit concerning, you know, like the way they started off. They look broken mentally, and the, how how can you come back from that in the season when it's a grind like that? I'm not counting them out next year and the next coming years. I'm not saying their window is closed by any means, but I think uh. In the regular season, I'm not saying they're they're eliminated from the cup by any means. I'm not saying the Habs or the Leafs will win. Uh, but uh, I think uh, in the regular season, if the Habs keep it up right now, I uh, yeah, I think uh, they've got to. I don't think the light. I'm not. I don't believe right. the Lightning will pass them. I do. I don't know if you have the standing yeah. pulled, up, pulled up right now, but. Tampa okay. Bay has two games in hand on Montreal and three games in hand yeah, on Toronto. Okay. And they are actually only three points behind Montreal. So are you telling me that Kucherov, Stamkos, Pointhead, and Vasilevsky, Tampa Bay Lightning oh, yeah. isn't going to go on a crazy hot streak at that's, some that's point That's exactly what I'm saying. The, the team that got uh, embarrassingly the swept the and looked too. absolutely dead on the ice in four straight games against the Columbus Blue Jackets last year uh, won't go on a, uh, an absolute heater in the middle of the season. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs by any means. But uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I stand by it until I'm proven dead wrong in three weeks when they'll be first in the league and uh, looking on pace to win the President's Trophy because I obviously jinxed it just now. <laughs> I'm going to take okay. a look at the Lightning's upcoming schedule because that's something I'm going to want to keep track of to see if they can heat up finally. Uh, so it looks like they play with days. So they've got a bit of a break now. So they've already have a couple games in hand. And they don't play again until Thursday against the Rangers and Saturday against the Jets. Then for the rest of the months, the rest of the month, they've got St. Louis, Chicago, Anaheim. Buffalo, St. Louis, Washington. I, I actually, Carolina. honestly, I think that's pretty uh, easy. So, I, I call that pretty easy schedule. Uh, schedule. I mean, who's... the Blues are meh, I think. I, I mean, uh, I, I, I get to evaluate the them without uh, Tarasenko, but uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, and... oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, okay, we'll see. We'll see what. I don't even know if they, yeah, I don't think they've lost I yet without. But other Terry than Sanko. that, I mean, let's see. You have the Rangers. You have the Jets. Yeah, you have the Blackhawks. You, you have the Ducks. You have the Sabers. You have the slumping Hurricanes at the end of the month. Obviously, you have the Capitals thrown in there. But that's uh, you look at that. That's like uh, like six easy matchups in the rest of the month. I call that pretty uh, cheese. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'll give you that. 
Not that bad. So I see they're in a playoff spot, but they ended up with definitely. For our dear Lightning fans. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. You really think so? Okay. I I'm going to predict upon this day, the 10th of November, that the Montreal Canadiens oh, will finish in think, a wild card uh, spot. And uh, we'll I give us a, a third round. place finish. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going all in on this Maple Leafs Habs rivalry uh, in the playoffs. Let's go, let's go. It's what I want to see the most right now. Yeah, so why not? Put, yeah, yeah, I think it's everybody's preferred option. But why Personally, not just predict option. it? Why not put it out there? That's uh, my preferred yeah, option. Yeah, exactly. Please. That's my prediction now. Uh, Habs Leafs. First round. Wouldn't it be great? That'd be hilarious. Wouldn't it be great if Tampa uh, made the wild yeah, that'd be, spot and then went like yeah, sixteen and uh, one? I personally prefer that they just shred the Metro and then make lovely. their way to the Atlantic to finish it off. Uh, I don't think it would be too fun if they, you know, played Boston in the first round. Oh, that'd be an exciting series, actually. Now that I think about it, Boston Tampa hmm. first round. Oh yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Oh, could you imagine? The Atlantic matchups are Tampa, Boston, Tampa, Boston? Montreal, Toronto. Oh, I'd lose my marble. Can you All imagine? Right? Uh, these playoffs are shaking up. Yeah, me neither. And we're still in November. So oh, I can't away. wait. I cannot wait for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the... Yeah, y'all better watch out because uh, it's going to be fire. We're going to have the greatest playoff preview show and it's finally I'm going to go 16-0 in my bracket. 15-0. Yes. Calling it. Uh-huh. Yeah, fifteen and zero in the series. Y'all can you? book it too. Fifteen. Half I was gonna say there are not sixteen series. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the only time I came, I came so close to perfect in two thousand fourteen. Uh, I think I told you this before. That mm, I only got one series so close, wrong. So I predicted Colorado over That's Minnesota. And Minnesota won Game Seven overtime. I got everything else right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that's, the final. Uh, that's, that's, I got all that's so like even the final yeah, that's eight a, that's onwards. A great bracket I was I'm about to one up you this year. You better watch out. Ah, alas, uh, I never came close to that. I never came close to that glory. Why ever not? Again. You have to make a bracket. It's, it's good. Content I didn't make a bracket last podcast. year, and honestly, I don't think I'm going to do it again. I had more fun. What? No. Oh yeah, you don't have. Okay, maybe I'll like maybe I'll make a prediction, but I'm not gonna like submit it, you know, on the bracket challenge because it was so much fun. Just mm-hmm. it was so much fun uh, just watching series. I, I, I like a little. Uh, I like a little uh, interest, predictions you know? to come true. Uh, you know, just, uh, just watching. Kind of like betting, you know, uh, you just uh, you just you have something at stake, and I think that's interesting. Obviously, it's a fresh perspective if you're looking at it from a non-biased view. But uh, personally, I like a little uh, passion in the game uh, while I'm watching. You know, I'm cheering for one side. Uh, no matter what side that is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time I end up naturally cheering for one team for whatever reason. Uh-huh, uh, of course, or, yes. Or oftentimes what I would do is cheer for really whoever's are. down they in the really, series because really Game 7s are. are so great oh. and are so much better than all other games. Mm-hmm. I was thinking... Over the past week, about like maybe okay. times we won't be recording sure. on Sundays. Like, if if we might have to have like mm-hmm. some World Junior specials. Yeah, sounds good. Over sounds Christmas good. Break and like the, the trade some deadline. Turning out content. Recap, let's go. Let's go. Stuff like that. 
Aha, exciting. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah, we've already been doing this for, for okay. a month and a half. That's, uh, it's going by pretty quickly. What quick number episode is this? And, uh, One, two, three, four. This is myself, episode number seven. Lucky number seven. We're going to have to do something. Okay. Big, yeah, uh, we're going to have to do something uh, big for, uh, coming up, for I guess. The, when we hit double digits on, on December 1st. <clears throat> All right. All right. We'll see. Oh, they've got they've got a game on December first. Mm. Ooh, that's perfect. Wait, they play on the maybe, Sunday. Maybe we could. Yeah, they play the Bruins. Hmm, maybe we'll think of something special. Who knows? Okay. Huh, maybe we'll do a live. Uh, maybe they, we'll do yeah, a live they play viewing, on Sunday, eh? December first, in Boston at seven yeah. p.m. Yeah, we'll yeah, see, exactly. We'll see. All right. Yeah, who knows? Well, like over the first period. All right. Yep. So uh, that's the end of uh, this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Uh, we will be back next week, November 17th, after Montreal. Yes, they will. Let's go. Another perfect Jackets, week, Washington well, Capitals, five six. Let's go. New Jersey Devils in right. that order. Give us, uh, give us a subscribe, you know, tell all your friends, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Google Play iTunes. Google Play iTunes. All that stuff.